0: everyone and welcome to episode 24 of the Dacon Digest podcast. I'm Travis Jones, a liaison clinical pharmacist with Dacon, and today I have the pleasure of sharing data from a study published just a couple of weeks ago in October of 2021 on a topic that often comes up in antimicrobial stewardship related discussions. And that topic is whether anti-staphylococcal penicillins or cefazolin is preferred for staph aureus or MSSA bacteremia. The title of this podcast episode is Cephazolin Final Answer. And this podcast episode is being recorded on the morning of Friday, October 22nd. To set the stage for this discussion, I want to first highlight what we know from the existing published literature. For MSSA bacteremia, a couple treatment options exist. The first is an anti staphylococcal penicillin, such as nafcillin or oxacillin depending on your local hospital formulary. I'll refer to nafcillin and oxicillin from here on as anti-staphylococcal penicillins. And the other treatment option is cephazolin, a first-generation or an anti-staphylococcal cephalosporin. So what unique characteristics make these agents differ and lead us to pick one agent over the other? First and perhaps our most favorite characteristic as pharmacists is the pharmacokinetics of these agents. The anti-staphylococcal penicillins have very short half-lives and require dosing or administration about every four hours. And that's six doses a day. While this dosing schedule is obviously a drawback uh, of these agents and a barrier for use in the outpatient setting, some folks have gotten around this dosing hurdle by administering the total daily dose as a single continuous infusion over 24 hours. On the other hand, Cefazolin has a bit of a longer half-life of elimination and only, and I put that in quotes, has to be administered three times per day. Generally speaking, I wouldn't say only to describe an antibiotic that's given three times a day, but when you compare it to uh, the anti-staphylococcal penicillins, it makes sense to do so. So their dosing administration obviously is a big difference between the two, but the second characteristic, which has been dimin- which has been demonstrated in the literature, that's worth noting, is safety. In general, as compared with the anti-staphylococcal penicillins, cefazolin is associated with lower rates of nephrotoxicity as well as hepatotoxicity, which are two adverse events that are particularly troubling for patients and costly for the healthcare system. The third characteristic that comes up in discussion, particularly in the setting of complicated bacteremia, is the inoculum effect. This occurs with cefazolin because it has been observed to demonstrate an inoculum effect, which is defined as a significant increase in the cefazolin MIC in the setting of a high bacterial inoculum. So think of a patient with an indwelling catheter or some other device that can't be removed that could be a nidus of infection. Theoretically, cefazolin might not work as well as an anti-staphylococcal penicillin in that patient. And while we know this phenomenon occurs, we don't necessarily know if it actually impacts clinical outcomes. The available studies to date have conflicting results. The last characteristic, of course, is cost. In today's value-based healthcare system, it's important to understand if and how antimicrobial choices affect the overall cost of a patient's care. With Dason, we've worked with a lot of hospitals to do cost analyses for various treatment options for various infections. And cefazolin versus an anti-staphylococcal penicillin has come up in discussions at more than a few hospitals. So is cefazolin the optimal drug for MSSA bacteremia, and can it impact the cost of patient care? Well, that's exactly what Polakos and colleagues sought to address in their cost-effectiveness study that was published in early October 2021 in Open Form Infectious Diseases, or OFID. In this study, cost-effectiveness was determined by calculating deaths averted and incremental cost-effectiveness ratios, or ICER. The ICER is defined as the ratio of the incremental cost between the two strategies over their difference in effectiveness. And in order to calculate the cost-effectiveness of each strategy, the authors of this study developed a decision model. With various inputs. And this decision model was pretty complex, but here are a few key points. First, it was based on adult inpatients with MSSA bacteremia, and inputs of interest that were included in this model were health and non-health related outcomes, including things like uh, work missed, for example, 90-day mortality, adverse events, Treatment effectiveness, which was calculated and based on recently published literature evaluating outcomes in patients with MSSA bacteremia treated with cefazolin versus nafcillin, and costs, both pharmacy-related costs and total hospitalization costs. And regarding costs, the authors found some interesting facts that, that they determined and included in their model, and I wanted to highlight a few. The total daily costs cefazolin and nafcillin, were estimated to be $33.60 for cefazolin, and $67.20 for nafcillin, And those figures included preparation and administration. Also, each day of hospitalization was estimated to be just under $3,000. And data suggests that patients receiving cefazolin are discharged two days sooner than patients receiving nafcillin for the treatment of MSSA bacteremia. And lastly, the average cost of adverse events associated with nafcillin were estimated to be around $2,400, while the average cost associated with adverse effects caused by cefazolin were approximately $80. So all of these variables and inputs were included in their model, and they were able to validate it. And the authors ultimately found that, on average, MSSA bacteremia-associated treatment and hospitalization using cefazolin costs approximately $39,000 per case. Whereas for nafzillin, it cost around $49,000 per case. So that's close to a $10,000 difference between those two strategies. And regarding effectiveness, the likelihood of survival in patients receiving cephazolin was estimated to be 91% versus 81% with nafzillin. So overall, it was estimated that cefazolin prevented one death per 10 patients treated and resulted in savings of approximately $97,000 per death averted compared to the anti-staphylococcal penicillins, suggesting that cefazolin treatment is the more cost-effective strategy. The authors conclude that these findings were likely explained by the lower mortality and lower rate of treatment associated adverse events associated with cefazolin therapy, as well as shorter lengths of stay among patients receiving cefazolin for MSSA bacteremia treatment. In addition, the authors addressed the inoculum effect, noting that while their study did not investigate this phenomenon, in theory, it could be appropriate to start an antistaphylococcal penicillin in patients with a high bacterial burden and later transition to cefazolin to complete the full course. Although obviously this would have to be confirmed in a randomized control trial. I think it's clear to say this study is not without limitations. So I think it's important to highlight a few. First, the authors really compared the cost differences between Cefazolin and nafcillin, as there are not a lot of data published regarding the costs associated with other anti-staphylococcal penicillins, namely Oxacillin here in the United States. Second, the way that the model was designed they could not differentiate outcomes based on MSSA bacteremia infection type or source of MSSA bacteremia. So while they did include patients with uh, tough sources such as endocarditis or prosthetic bone or joint infection, they did not necessarily uh, differentiate the outcomes for those infection sources versus other infection sources of MSSA bacteremia. Lastly, The results of this study may not be generalizable outside of the United States, particularly when it comes to cost, because healthcare-related costs vary widely from country to country. So what's the overall key takeaway from this study? Well, I think this study really solidifies a belief that we've all held as true, which is that cefazolin is generally preferred for MSSA bacteremia, not only in regard to safety and efficacy, but also in regard to cost. But what we have now here is a really solid estimate of how much money switching from, switching from nafcillin to cefazolin might actually save a healthcare system. In this study, treatment and hospitalization alone was approximately $10,000 less when treating MSSA bacteremia with cefazolin. And this reduction, as I mentioned before, was largely driven by shorter lengths of stay, uh, demonstrated in recently published literature. In in addition, the costs were driven by pretty substantial savings in pharmacy related costs. And in an era of what seems like ever increasing costs associated with healthcare and hospitalization, a simple strategy to reduce costs and improve outcomes is exactly what we need. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode, episode 24 of the Dason Digest podcast. I may not have mentioned it before, but this article that we have reviewed in this podcast episode is available for download on our website where you're watching this episode, which is dayson.medicine.duke.edu, and then navigate over to the Dason Digest page. As a reminder, we post new podcast episodes every other Friday. So be on the lookout for our next episode, which will be on Friday, November 5th. I also wanted to highlight that Friday, November the 5th is also the date of our annual Dayson and Daikon Symposium, which will be held virtually this year. You should have recently received an invite to the symposium via email. If you haven't, please feel free to reach out to your DAISON liaison, and we can get that information to you. Also, I wanted to highlight that if you're interested in learning more about the differences between Cefazolin and nafcillin, and what that could potentially save your hospital, the DAISON liaisons would be absolutely willing to help you come up with those calculations, so feel free to reach out. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of the Dason Digest podcast. We hope you all register to attend the Dason and Dicon Virtual Symposium this year, and we hope to see you there. Take care, everyone.